The following podcast you are about to listen to is filled with opinions as well as facts. If at any point during this podcast you experience any butthurt, you should speak with your doctor about getting the stick removed from your ass. What is going on, sheeple? Welcome back to episode number four. Number four. Maybe number five? I don't know. I'm, I'm not even counting anymore. It hasn't even been that many. Shut up. This is That's All I Can Stand, the podcast where I talk about things that I really just can't stand listening to on the news or on the TV or even on the radio anymore. And uh, this week I thought I would talk about the presidential debate that just went down i know everybody is like oh my god so riveting but uh i i know that a lot of people started watching it probably got about 10 15 minutes into it and shut the thing off in frustration decided to go watch something a little more entertaining um (laughs) to be fair i thought it was quite entertaining um it was like watching an elementary school uh, class president debate, you know, for student council, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it, that's really what it was. It, it, it was like watching the class clown, uh, Donald Trump, obviously, uh, debate the person who actually wants the position, uh, Joe Biden, and uh, just the two calling. I mean, you know, it was it would, they they were just they were just yelling at each other back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, it wasn't that Biden wasn't interrupting Trump because he was, but Trump was interrupting Biden as well, and he, they were they were both honestly being rude, both of them. And you know, just listening to the whole thing, you 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 start to realize that Biden really just had to sink down to Trump's level. And Chris Wallace did everything that he possibly could to keep them under, un, you know, in line. Uh, but eventually, he had to get uh, to to a point. You know, um, let me let me let me just let me let me just give you a little bit of let me just put put this into perspective a little bit. Here, l- listen to this. Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse number me, one. Chris. Wait. Number two, Chris. Number three. They said they, it would they, take. They, no, you were number two. No. Yeah, uh, Trump. Call it. Yeah, Trump. Calling Biden, no, you're number two. I mean, what? The... <laughs> just, oh my god! <laughs> Absolute ridiculousness! Ridiculousness! So, all right. So I, I'm I'm gonna go through some of this stuff, and I'm gonna talk about some of the things, some of the big things that were talked about, because a lot of the stuff that was talked about has been talked about before and is old news. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Amy Coney Barrett, the person, the woman, who Trump has selected to uh, take over Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat on the Supreme Court. And so this has been a topic of a lot of tension right now between, well, Republicans and Democrats and things are just being said and... Yeah. uh, So Biden had said that uh, Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, has, quote, written that she thinks the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. And that's not completely true. Um, She did. uh, She did throw out an opinion about upholding the law 
Uh, some legal scholars have said that there's uh, nothing to indicate that Barrett might rule on the ACA case uh, that currently is going before the Supreme Court right now. And Biden did touch on that Supreme Court case that's going on right now. Of course, Trump played like he had no idea what he was talking about because he probably doesn't. But the case that's going on right now is California v. Texas, uh, and that case concerns whether the elimination of the ACA tax penalty under the 2017 GOP tax law makes the individual mandate unconstitutional. And if without the mandate, the entire law must be stricken down. Uh, now, the mandate that they're talking about is the requirement for most people to have insurance. That's so. Um, but th listen, listen to Trump's comment right here about about Amy Coney Barrett as good as anybody that has served on that court we really feel that uh, we have a professor at Notre Dame highly respected by all said she's the single greatest student he's ever had he's been a professor for a long time at a great school now how many times have <laughs> this is this is this was the thing right here like that that was that was one of the, that was probably the thing that stood out for me as 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 Trump was talking about Amy Coney Barrett and you know this professor at Notre Dame talking about how she was the greatest student that he ever had how many times when you were growing up did your teachers tell your parents about what a great student you are best student they've ever had oh my gosh such a signing example and and how many times did you go to parent night talking to your students' teachers and they're, oh, yeah, the best student I've ever had. Great shiny example. Oh, please, go the fuck home. Like, you know, like that's 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 a shiny example right there, you know, because he said it. So he said it, so it must be true. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> there I said it. Um, I, I, I have no idea who this woman is, to be perfectly honest with you. I have no idea what her thoughts are on uh, the Affordable Care Act currently uh, because she hasn't made any statements one way or the other, obviously, because she wants to get confirmed, and so she's keeping her trap shut, unlike uh, her soon-to-be lord and master, President Trump. But, you know, I, whatever happens, I you know, they say that she is completely against the Affordable Care Act and will strike it down when she gets in there. They also say that she is... Uh, a rabid anti-abortionist um and so you know as soon as she gets in there um all women's rights with having to choose what they can and cannot do with their bodies will just go to the wind i don't know that for sure i can't say those things for sure she's never to my knowledge to whatever i could find she's never had to uh, try any of those cases so you know we'll have to see what happens she could get in there and shock us all, you know. She could have told President Trump exactly what she wanted to, what he wanted to hear to get the position, and she'll go in there and flip flop the whole script. Who knows? I, I don't think she will. But hey, you know. Um, so let's talk about pre-existing conditions because that came up. He's in the Supreme Court right now, trying to get rid of uh, the uh, the Affordable Care Act, which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if if they. If it goes in the court and and uh, the justice and I have nothing. I'm not opposed to the justices, but she seems like a very fine person. But she's written before she went in the bench, which is her right, that she thinks that the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. The other thing that's on the court and if, and if it's struck down, what happens? Women's rights are fundamentally changed. Yes. Once again, 
A woman could be held, pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We were able to, they were able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. And so it's just not appropriate to do this before this election. If he wins the election and the Senate is Democrat or Republican, then it, he goes forward. If not, we should wait until February. All right. There aren't 100 million people with pre-existing conditions. As far as the say is concerned, the people already had their say. They... He he finished that up by saying they elected him president. Um, but anyway, uh, so there are 100 million people with pre-existing conditions, not including those with Medicare or Medicaid coverage, according to one estimate from a consulting firm, Avalari. It's unclear what Biden meant when he said they'll be taking that away as well. But if the ACA were nullified, they would lose pre-existing condition protections by in within that law. Uh but only those who seek coverage on the individual market. There were those without employer or public insurance by plans would be at risk of being denied insurance uh, based on pre-existing conditions. So it, it's been written before that the Trump administration has backed a lawsuit to invalidate the ACA, which instituted sweeping protections for the people with pre-existing conditions. Uh, ACA prohibited insurance in any market from denying coverage, charging more, or excluding coverage of certain conditions based on health status. Now, before the ACA, those buying plans on the individual market uh, could have faced denials or premiums based on their current health. And that was 100% true. It's totally based on one of the questions that you used to get asked when applying for health insurance, do you smoke? Do, you know, they literally asked her, do you have any pre-existing conditions? Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, it, I, I'm quite certain that things would really go back to the way they were, and Trump does want to strike down the Affordable Care Act. The problem is, is that he has no, uh, replacement for the Affordable Care Act. He really doesn't. And, and listen to this. Over, uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years Truth. come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan to replace no, Obamacare. Of course I have. Nothing. Well, I'll give you the individual mandate. Excuse me. I got rid of the individual mandate, which was a big chunk of Obamacare. That is not a That's not absolutely a big thing. That was the no, worst it's part not a plan, Obamacare. sir. Chris, You're that was the worst part me. of Obama. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual no, mandate I, was the most unpopular aspect of Obamacare. I got true. rid of it. I'd like and to, we will protect Mr. people. President, I'm the moderator interests. of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer Go your ahead. question. So, I mean, so he was, Chris Wallace was literally asking him about his plan to replace, about, you know, his his. What what's his what what's his plan to to replace the Affordable Care Act with? He's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's been toting around for months talking about how he has a plan. He has a plan. I have it right right here. It's right here. And if you reelect me, you'll 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 see it. He hasn't done anything to replace it. He eliminated the eventual mandate. Yes, he did. That was a big thing that was in the original Affordable Care Act mandate, and that was a big thing that he did. Uh, I mean. 
I don't know. I he's. I don't know where he keeps. I, I don't know where he keeps getting the idea that eliminating. I, I maybe he really and maybe he honestly and truthfully does like the Affordable Care Act the way that it is now, and he totally feels like the only thing he was opposed to was the individual mandate and eliminating that. Maybe he feels like the way it is now is the way that it needs to be. I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I can tell you that. It's not, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not changing anything. Um, so, so then he, Trump began to go on about prescription drugs. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Right. Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. Wah, wah. So let me just tell you something. That <laughs> there's nothing symbolic. I'm cutting drug prices. I'm going with favored nations, which no president has the courage to do because you're going against big pharma. Drug prices will be coming down 80 or 90 percent. You could have done it during your 47-year period in government, but you didn't do it. <laughs> Nobody's done it. So we're cutting health care. All of the things that we've done, insulin, I give you an example, insulin, it's going to, it was destroying families, destroying people, because I'm getting it for so cheap. It's like water, you False. want to know the truth. So cheap. Take a look at all of the drugs that what we're doing, prescription drug prices. We're going to allow our governors now to go to other countries to buy drugs okay. because when they fact, pay just a I, tiny fraction. If I say this is open discussion, no, let me this ask is you big, let me, this you'll is be happy, big stuff. Sir, you'll be happy. I'm about to pick up on one of your points. So he talks about prescription drug prices. Uh, Trump signed recently four executive orders on prescription drug prices uh, back in late July. But it remains to be seen how these are going to result in any reduction in any prices because not at, at, at no point in time has he met with Big Pharma to discuss these, these to negotiate these new price drops. No point in time. Nobody at Big Pharma has met with him about this, mostly because they're focused really on the coronavirus right now. But even over the last three years, he hasn't met with them. He hasn't done anything. He, he's talking about these these preferred countries where they can go and they can buy pre, uh, uh, prescription drugs. He's never once outlined where these preferred countries are, who these preferred countries are. He talks about dropping prescription prices 80 and 90 percent. There's no way that he can make that happen. That's called socialism. It's called communism. That's that's. The government telling businesses how they need to do business. That's communism. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, can't, I can't even tell you. you. You listen to this. There's, there's this congresswoman that, that spends, wastes all of her time making a spectacle out of, out of uh, and I don't even remember her name because I'm so enraged right now, but she, makes, she spends all of her time making a spectacle out of shaming the CEOs for making millions of dollars in bonuses every year while people are uh, have to go further and further and further into debt just to get their prescription drugs. And I'm not saying that what she's doing is wrong, but the way she's going about it is stupid. If you stop to think for a single solitary split second that any of those CEOs give a rat's flying fuck ass 
about the people who buy their prescription drugs, you got another fucking thing coming. It is the exact same thing about asking Donald Trump if he cares about the people who come and stay in his fucking hotels. I'm sorry, I have your money already? Good, fuck you. You can stay as long as you like, as long as you keep paying. Okay, they don't fucking care. As long as they're making their money, they don't give a shit. They're going about it the wrong fucking way. And, and, and it, it's ridiculous. Um, so let, let, let's see, let, let's talk about Biden's health care plan. To Obamacare, and yes. the argument that he makes and other Republicans make is that that is going to end private insurance. It is and not. Well, if I'm I sorry. ask you the question, it will not end. Not what the party says, by the way. It will end private insurance and create a government takeover of health care. It does it not. It's tonight. only for those people who are so poor they qualify for Medicaid. They can get that free yes. in most states, except governors who want to deny people who are poor Medicaid. Yes. Anyone who qualifies for Medicare would, excuse me, Medicaid would automatically be enrolled in the public option. The vast majority of the American people would still not be in that option, number one. Joe, you agree with Bernie number, Sanders, I, I, far I, left, on the false. manifesto, we well, call it. Manifest. That gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, Are uh, you I'm not going to listen to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm here, I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you all, buddy. Pocahontas would have left uh, two days I early. You would have lost every primary All he knows how to do Super is hurt. Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. here's the deal. Okay. So there's a lot said right there. Okay, uh, first of all, Trump and his stupid-ass fucking quote about agreeing with Bernie Sanders, who's far left on the manifesto, we call it. There's no socialized medicine, okay? Biden has, has not now or ever agreed with Bernie Sanders' medical plan. The task force reflected on Biden's health care plan, which he unveiled July 2019 during his primary fight with Sanders and others. Biden's plan, among other things, offers a Medicare-style public health insurance option as a choice and increases tax credits for individuals purchasing insurance on the exchanges created by the Affordable Care Act. His website says his plan is to, quote, build on the Affordable Care Act, which will insure more than an estimated 97% of Americans. That is not Bernie Sanders' plan, because that is not socialist medicine. I just, I, you know, so Trump also went on to say you're going to extinguish 80, 180 million people with private health care. Uh, that's another reference to Medicare for all. Again, Biden doesn't support that plan. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I can't, you know, uh, so, uh, Biden later made a quote, um, That no, actually, that really doesn't fucking matter. I don't even know why I have that note on here because it's so okay. So uh, there, there was a quote from the Urban Institute, uh, a, a study uh, done on the Urban from the Urban Institute, July thirteenth and twenty twenty, that found that forty eight million people will live in families with a worker who experiences a COVID nineteen related job loss in the last three quarters of twenty twenty. Of them, ten point one million lose employer coverage tied to that job. So that's where the 10 million people come in. We estimate 32% of these people switch to another source of the employer coverage through a family member. 28% enroll in Medicaid. That's what Biden, Biden was talking about. And 6% enroll in the non-market group, mainly in the marketplace coverage with 
premium tax credits. Uh, still, they estimate that 3.5 million people in this group would be uninsured. So, I mean... Eh. All in all, um, that, that that was pretty much what the first segment went to. Um, they started arguing. Um, you got you got stuff like this, where Biden said... Would you shut who is up, man? Listen, who? Yeah, um, and then Biden went on to say... The wrong guy, the wrong night at the wrong time. A hundred percent. You know, uh, I mean, the open floor discussion really just became an arguing match. And it really became the point, it was the open floor segments where people were started to talk about Biden losing the thing, that Trump was was over-talking him and he kept interrupting him, and you ended up getting stuff like this. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You know, I mean... (laughs) Now, you can take that two different ways, obviously. You know, you could take it like Biden is losing his mind, and he honestly thought that was a productive segment. But come on now. Why would you take that that way? That wasn't... Nothing in that segment was productive. Absolutely nothing. So, all right. Um, So the second segment came up, and... uh, (laughs) Oh, right straight off the gate. So the second segment. The second subject (laughs) is COVID-19, which is an awfully serious subject, so... No. Let's try to be serious about it. And they were not. You got stuff like this. What did he do? He's on tape is acknowledging he knew it. He said he didn't tell us or give people a warning of it because he didn't want to panic the American people. You don't panic. He panicked. In addition to that, what did he do? He went in and he, we were insisting that the Chinese, the, the people we had on the ground in China should be able to go to Wuhan and determine for themselves how dangerous this was. He did not even ask Xi to do that. He told us what a great job Xi was doing. He said we owe him a debt of gratitude for being so transparent with us. Okay, so what he's referring to is a briefing at the White House uh, with the Coronavirus Task Force back in March. And Trump actually said on March 22nd, this this is what he said, and I did ask him whether or not we could send some people, and they didn't want that out of pride. I think really out of pride. They don't want, they don't want us sending. I'm having really trouble reading, the way Trump talks. Y'all bear with me here. They don't want us sending people into China to help them. You know, China is a strong country. They have, they have their their scientists and they have their doctors. Very smart. A lot of people, and you know, but I discuss, I discussed that about sending our people in, and they didn't really respond. Uh, we we went again, and they didn't respond. So, I, I mean, Trump in the early stage of this thing, Trump was willing to go over there and 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 help them. He was. He want he wanted to go over there and he wanted to help them fight this thing. Um, and China said no. So, um, so and I've talked about this particular subject before, but I've never actually listened to the two of them talk about it face to face. But this is about closing China. So if we would have listened to you, you have two minutes, sir. If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died, not 200,000. And one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. They stopped it from going in, but it was China's fault. And by the way, when you talk about numbers, you don't know how many people died in China. You don't know how many people died in Russia. You don't know how many people died in India. They don't exactly give you a straight count, just so you understand. Conspiracy theory. 
But if you look at what we've done, I closed it, and you said he's xenophobic, he's a racist, and he's xenophobic, because you didn't think I should have closed our country. Wait a minute. It says two minutes. You didn't think we should have closed our country because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months. Okay. So, you know, as, as you could listen there, um, Trump going on a rant how Biden wouldn't have handled, would or wouldn't have handled something. Obviously, Trump knows because he's a time traveler. Um, but it's been told and written several times. Biden's campaign said on April 3rd that Biden backed Trump's decision to impose travel restrictions on China. This is the quote. Joe Biden supports travel bans that are guided by medical experts advocated by public health officials and backed by full strategy. That was said by Kate Benningfield, Biden's deputy campaign manager. Uh, Science supported this ban, therefore he did too. As for whether the restrictions saved millions of lives... There's no, there's no evidence to support this, and the White House has none. Has they have no evidence to prove it? Uh, f- also, I keep having to say this because he keeps toting it that Trump didn't close the country. The restrictions went into effect on February second, barred certain non-U.S. citizens who traveled, who had traveled to China within the previous two weeks from entering the United States. However. U.S. citizens and permanent residents and their immediate families were exempt from the restrictions. So there was no closing the border. There was no closing of travel to China. He allowed people who were infected with the virus back into this country from China and from Europe. Because when he, cl- when, when he quote, closed the, closed the European travel restrictions, he had the exact same exemptions. Donald Trump allowed people infected with the virus back into this country. Plain and simple. So let's, uh, let's see here. Ah, so of course, now that I've accused him of it, uh, we have to listen to this. The only thing I haven't done a good job, and that's because of the fake news. No, no. What you say to them, they give you bad press on it. It's just fake news. They give you good press. They give me bad press because that's the way it is, unfortunately. But let me just tell you something. I don't care. I've gotten used to it. Wah, 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 you whiny little bitch. Again, you know, it's him crying about the fake news. Because obviously, if we're not saying good things about us about him, you know, he says he, he says he says whatever he doesn't care. He's gotten used to it. But all he ever does is complain about the fake news, the the supposed fake news. Fucking little bitch. Uh, so let's see. Uh, ah, so now we're talking about swine flu. But I'll tell you, Joe, you could never have done the job that we did. You don't have it in your blood. You could have never done that job. Speculation. I know how to do the job. I know how to get the job. Well, you done. didn't do very well in swine flu. <laughs> oh, okay. So Trump is talking about how he didn't do very good on swine flu, and he completely keeps toting around this quote um, from Ron Klain, uh, Biden's former chief of staff, the last year during the Obama administration, where he quote, they said where he had quoted where he had said, and people continue to quote this, they did every possible thing wrong. Uh, But what he was talking about was delays in production of a vaccine, not the administration's overall response. 
At a May 14th, 2019 Pandemic and Biosecurity Policy Summit, Klein said the administration had, quote, a bunch of really talented, really great people working on it, and we did everything possible wrong. Klein's comments were followed. Klein's comments following that assessment focused solely on the rollout of vaccines. Obviously. Um, So, I mean, but they, you know, this is typical. Where they continue to take, you know, KV McEnany uh, complains about the press doing this all the time, where they just take the, the the part of the the part of the quote that they want and they utilize it. They're not using the full quote. They're not using the context in which the quote was given. And you know, it's okay for Trump to do it as long as he's bashing Joe Biden. But the second that the supposed fake news starts doing it, now it's now now it's wrong. Now it's you know now we're in a. Uh, a situation of, you know, where we're accusing the president of lying because he's never done that before. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of lies. President Trump, you have repeatedly either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused and mistaken. Those were your two words. Yeah. But Dr. Slowey, the head of your Operation Warp Speed, has said exactly the same thing. Are they both wrong? Well, I've spoken to the companies and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing because False. people like this would rather make it political than save lives. Right. So, it, you know, he, he loves to talk about people making the vaccine a political thing, but that's exactly what he does. That's exactly what he's doing. Uh, so I will say that, that, you know, the plan is to ship vaccines within 24 hours of an authorization by the FDA. But that doesn't mean that all doses would be immediately available to non-prioritized Americans. Think about that. Non-prioritized Americans. Think about what that means. Do you honestly believe... That Donald Trump thinks you thinks you are a prioritized American. Do you honestly think that? And then, assuming one or more shots are found safe and effective, initial doses for prioritized groups may be available at the end of the year or in early 2021, with members of the general public getting doses after that. Dr. Slowey told NPR, we may have enough vaccine by the end of the year to immunize probably, I would say, between 20 and 25 million people. And then we will ramp up manufacturing of vaccine doses to be able to, based on our plan, have enough vaccine to immunize, sorry, I have trouble with that word, immunize the U.S. population by the middle of 2021. Um, I mean... In retrospect, Biden also wasn't specific about uh, um, which groups he had in mind um, when given an expected timetable for the vaccine distribution. Um, but his description left out the possibility of some people receiving shots in 2020. So, uh, you know, every serious company is, is talking about maybe having a vaccine done by the end of the year. But the distribution of that vaccine will not occur until sometime beginning or the middle of next year to get it out. 
Again, that's if the that that's if vaccines pass the FDA muster, and it's plausible that a subset of prioritization population could be immunized this year. But again, the FDA has to approve them. I'm fairly certain that Donald Trump will just go out there and just pluck one and be like, this is the one we're going to distribute. And the FDA goes, no, that's not going to happen. So I'm the president of the United States. Fuck you. We're going to do it anyway. I have no doubt that's what's going to happen. At least he's going to try it anyway. So. Uh, oh, let's see. So uh, how about an attack on, 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 on Biden? How about, how, about, how about this one? And a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. Mr. President, did you use Hold the on. word smart? What? Listen. Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't go to Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. I defy the pro- I've, I defy President Trump to smell the spell the word smart. I do. Uh, so Trump has continued to talk about this. Uh, so the story comes from the Washington Times, which included a clip of Biden at a town hall event in Florence, South Carolina, on October 26, 2019, in which he said when discussing funding for HBCU, I got started out of an HBCU, Delaware State. That's the quote. Uh, The paper stated that while Biden declared last year on the campaign trail that he had begun his academic career at Delaware State University, a university official confirmed he was never a student there. Hold on. That official Carlos Holmes, the university's director of news services, says his response was used in a dishonest light. Okay. In full context, it's clear that Biden was discussing his long association with historically black colleges and universities, HBCU. Not making a claim that he had not that he had attended Delaware State University, he got his start when he announced his first run for the US Senate on our campus in 1972 with then Delaware State College President Luna Misho as uh, at his side. For 3 decades First as a U.S. Senator and then as Vice President, Joe Biden had been our advocate and partner to such a critical contact extent that in 2003, the university awarded him an honorary doctorate. So when he says he got his start there, that's when he announced his, his, that his uh, bid for U.S. Senate. His Senate career started right there. That's where he got his start. Again, completely out of context, but, you know, hey, you know, you... Would you who shut up, man? Listen, who... Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, let's talk about billionaires. Please, let's talk about billionaires. As I, as I said, posing the question, the president says it's a V-shaped recovery. You say it's a K-shaped recovery. Which What's the difference? Stupid. The difference is millionaires and billionaires like him in the middle of the COVID crisis have done very well. Another billionaires have made another $300 billion because of his profligate tax proposal, and he only focused on the market. So, okay. This is something that keeps keeps getting thrown around by the Democratic Party again and again and again and again and again. Um, So these 600 billionaires in the U.S., um, estimated a $434 billion increase in the net worth uh, during what they uh, 
what it was they, the economists, erroneously called the first two months of the coronavirus pandemic. Actually, the pandemic started much earlier, costing those billionaires plenty. So there was a study that picked March 18th as the pandemic's start date. But that's five days after the White House proclaimed a national emergency because of the pandemic. Investors started reacting weeks earlier to the pandemic's global disruption of travel, tourism, manufacturing, and sending stock values into historic plunges. Between February 19th and February 18th, the S&P 500 had already lost 29% of its value. The other stock indexes showed similar drops. So, essentially what had happened was, <laughs> what had happened was, all these billionaires lost billions before the before the U.S. government had even declared a, a state of emergency. What happened was, conveniently enough, after the pandemic started, they got their, their they made their money back. Now, I'll leave it up to you to determine how they made their money back. I'm sure that a lot of it had to do with the fact that they laid off a good chunk of their workforce to save their own skins, to save their own fucking payroll. And then took took the handout that the government gave them that they didn't deserve. Okay. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm not a fan of billionaires continuing to make billions during a global crisis. Okay, I'm not. I think it's wrong. I work for a company that did these, a, a the same fucking thing. Okay, we tried to use the pandemic to capitalize, and I, I had no part of it. I wanted no part of it. I hated it. I said I wouldn't do it. I said I wouldn't be a part of it. I, I, I did not go out there and prostitute myself with PPE equipment that I didn't have, like a lot of other companies did. Okay, I didn't do it. It wasn't until several months later that I started getting PPE equipment in and I started having a stockpile that I started selling it. But I, you know, these, this whole, you know, making four to six hundred billion dollars during a pandemic, they were making their money back. So on the one hand, they shouldn't have been able to make six hundred billion, they shouldn't have been able to make four hundred thirty four billion dollars when they had no workforce to begin with. But on top of that, they made their money back. They didn't they didn't make an additional 434 billion dollars on top of the 434 billion dollars that they had made weeks building up to the White House proclaiming a national emergency. So it's you know, you take that you take that with what you will. I don't think they should have made the money back. I don't think it should have happened. I don't know how it happened. I'm sure it happened probably illegally. And I'm sure probably a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like I said, they laid off a good chunk of their workforce in order to save their own skins. Time and time again, we've seen companies, big companies, I'll just throw out Walmart, because I throw Walmart on the bus all the time, that Walmart is continuously and habitually more concerned with making sure that their executives get their bonuses than they are with making sure that their employees have the things they need, like a paycheck, the hours, health care. All those things suck. Yes, Walmart recently announced that they're going to be um, bumping up the pay for several of their uh, higher hourly paid employees. But I can tell you that they still treat their employees like shit. 
I know that for a fact. I used to work for them. I still know people that work for them. And let me tell you, a lot of people paint that company in a rosy light, and it, it's not. So, but I don't want to get on a soapbox about Walmart. Um, okay. All right. So let, let's go ahead and throw this out there. Will you tell us how much you paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017? Millions of dollars. You paid millions of dollars? Millions in, of dollars. So yes. not 700 Millions of dollars. And you'll get to see I, it. I, and you'll get to when? see it. But let and me Shalom. just tell you, Chris, let me just tell you something, that it was the tax laws. I don't want to pay tax. Before I came here, I was a private developer. I was a private business people. Like every other private person, unless they're stupid, they go through the laws, and that's what it is. He passed a tax bill that gave us all these privileges for depreciation and for uh, tax credits. We build a building and we get tax credits like the hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue. You get okay. a massive, which, by the way, was given to me by the Obama administration, if you can believe that. Now, the man got fired yeah, know, right after that happened. But Vice President a, Biden, you want to respond? Yeah, I do want to respond. Look, the tax code that made him put him in a position that he pays less tax than a school teacher makes on the money a school teacher makes is because of him take he says he's smart because he can take advantage of the tax code and he does take advantage of the tax code that's why i'm going to eliminate the trump tax cuts and we're going to i'm going to eliminate those tax okay. cuts and make sure that we invest in the people who in fact need the help People out there need help. But why didn't you do it over 20, in the last 25 years? Because you weren't president screwing no, things no, no. up. You were a senator. And You're the worst you president in America has ever had. <laughs> hey, Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just tell you, Joe. I've done more in, in 47 years. Here we go. False, false, false. False, false, false. False, 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 false. Oh, God. So this is something that has just recently, in the last couple of weeks, come to light. And... Uh, so the Trump, uh, Donald Trump paying $750 in taxes and him saying, I paid millions, I paid millions. Let me clarify something for everybody right now. When he says he's paid millions in taxes, personal tax, he said that, personal tax. His, his daughter said that, Katie McEnany said that, he has personally paid millions of dollars in taxes, okay? The attack is coming to him because his companies are not paying the taxes they're supposed to. The tax code is there for corporations to find all these little loopholes and all these little tax exemptions so that they don't have to pay taxes. That's where the tax code is set up. To help corporations keep from paying as... as, as much tax as they're supposed to. The, 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 the loopholes help help them navigate away where they don't have to pay tax where they don't have to pay as much tax as they're supposed to. Now I don't I'm not a tax code expert, so I don't know what the percentage is for a corporation that makes so much money and yes, he gets tax credits. Every time he builds a building he gets tax credits. It's fucking that's fucking retarded, first of all. It's also fucking retarded that every time somebody with money sets up a charity... Okay, I'm going to step back on my soapbox for a second. I'm going to talk about legal money laundering for a moment. Legal money laundering. 
Money laundering is the state of setting up a shell corporation or charity. Charity is the preferred thing where you set up a charity, you funnel dirty money through it, and it comes back out clean. Okay, there's some jargon that happens and some stuff that happens and money gets shifted around, but you go in through the charitable organization, the money comes out the other end clean. Okay. People with money do the same fucking thing. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't buy uh, the majority of these people with money setting up these charitable organizations and people going, oh, they're so charitable. No. Their accountants have advised them to set up a charitable organization to funnel money through so that they can get that money back. And they don't have to pay tax on that money that gets funneled through the charitable organization and comes back to them. Because the money that goes in is not taxed. And then they get a credit for the money they put in. Am I going too fast? I don't know. But it, it's 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 ridiculous. And and, and and you can do the same thing. You can do the exact same thing. You make charitable organ you make charitable donations and you can get a tax credit. Okay. For those of you who go to church and you donate to your church's you know, you donate to your church in whatever way they, they see fit to donate, you can get a tax credit for that. You can get a write off for that. You'll get that money back at the end of the year. Up to a certain dollar amount, I believe. Because we only make a certain dollar amount. And the more money you make and the more money you funnel into the charitable organization, the more money you get back. But it has to be a ratio of your income to um, charitable donations. But it's it, it's legal money laundering. <laughs> I mean, it's, whatever. It was the reason why his boys uh, got into trouble with the law. Because they started a charitable organization so that they could funnel money into the charitable organization, and then they were taking it out. They were embezzling from a charitable organization, is the uh, accusation. So, but they were, you know, they were told that they couldn't do any more charitable organizations. <laughs> I mean, take that what you will. So, okay, um, let's see. Okay, let's talk about a subject that is absolutely Trump's favorite. That was right. your tax it, proposal. I got it done, and you know what happened? Yeah, you got it done. Our economy boomed. And, uh, like it's never false. Boomed. The economy oh, has uh, lost. President, let, let, me, let, me wait, let me, Mr. President, let me pick up on that. You would continue your free market approach, lower taxes, more deregulation, correct? Not lower taxes for American people. Truth. Yeah, but, but, let me, Excuse me. But, in, but in Obama's, you talk about the economy booming, it turns out that in Obama's final three years as president, more jobs were created, a million and a half more jobs than in the first three years of your presidency. They Truth. The slowest recovery since 19, economic recovery since 1929. It was the slowest oh recovery. Also, they took over something that was down here. All you had to do is turn on the lights and you pick up a lot. Now, that was a little bit of half-truth at the end there. So... <laughs> This whole thing that Trump keeps talking about, the great, you know, the slowest economic, you know, you know, recovery since 1929. I don't think Trump has any idea when the Great Depression was. So let me just put this into perspective for you. So while economists have pointed out that the economy was usually slow to snap back after the downturn of 2008 to 2009, Trump is wrong when he says that it was the slowest recovery since the Great Depression of 1929. In fact... 
A 2001 recession brought on by the dot-com boom that popped around March of 2001 was slower than the 2008-2009 recovery under Mr. Obama. Now, the reason Donald Trump doesn't know that is because he was not a part of the dot-com boom. He didn't have anything to do with it. He didn't know. He probably doesn't even know what happened. If you probably ask him about it, he'd probably tell you it was a hoax, it was fake news. I can tell you that it wasn't a hoax because I lost thousands of dollars during the dot-com boom. And, ugh, kicked myself for not getting out when I did. But I lost a lot of money. So six years uh, after the 2001 recession ended, the number of jobs had grown by just 6% compared with 8% six years after the economic collapse of the Great Recession. The recovery had started during Mr. Obama's presidency was also longer than the 2001 recovery as well, and the U.S. economy had added 2.3 million jobs in the last year of Obama's administration. So, again, more bullshit about Trump and his uh, half-truths and misinformation. Um, so let's see. Uh, so now, we get, now we're going to start getting into some of the down-and-dirty stuff here. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hint on this just for a second. They said it would this take a miracle to bring back manufacturing. I brought back seven hundred thousand jobs. They brought back nothing. Uh, false. Uh, Trump has not brought back seven hundred thousand manufacturing jobs. Okay, I, I'm in the manufacturing industry. Okay, and he didn't bring any of those jobs back. Let me just tell you that right now. People have gone out there and they've started manufacturing companies themselves. That has nothing to do with Donald Trump. You know, he talks about the art of the deal. China has made perfected the art of the steel. We have a higher deficit with China now than we did before. So, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the trade deficit in goods and services with China hit a record amount at $380 billion dollars in 2018 but the trade deficit fell in 2019 to 308 billion which is slightly below the 310 billion trade deficit in barack obama's last year in office in 2016 figures from the past 12 months ending in june show the a deficit of 273.3 billion and that's 12 percent less than what was in 2016 so he uh tr uh I don't know that that had really anything to do with Donald Trump. I'm fairly certain that it didn't, um, mostly because it, it, you'd have really no way to prove that. You know, all that means is that we were paying our bills, really. <laughs> That's all that means, and Donald Trump doesn't have anything to do with paying the bills because he doesn't actually sign the check the Secretary of Treasury does. So, all right, so uh, at this point, um, Trump takes off the gloves a little bit. China ate your lunch, Joe, and no wonder your son goes in and he takes out, he takes out billions of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage, he makes millions of dollars, and also, Simply while we're at true. it, why Simply is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars, what did he true. do to deserve it? Okay, so, first off, uh, Hunter Biden has a partner, Devin Archer, and they manage a hedge fund. Is it a hedge fund? No, I'm sorry. They, 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 I'm sorry. The correct term is investment firm. Uh, they manage a group of investment firms, 
and they do a lot of overseas transactions. And the best overseas transactions are done with China because they have a lot of money to burn. So that's where Hunter Biden is making the millions of dollars from China. China's not giving him the money. They're giving his investment firms the money, and he's making the money off of the the money, the the commissions that he's getting from the trades. Uh, as for the three point five million from the uh, rush from the Moscow mayor's widow, okay, because the Moscow mayor is the Moscow mayor that Trump is referring to is dead, and his widow wired $3.5 million to a Rosemount Seca Thornton bank account for a consultancy agreement. The Rosemont, seconded, the Rosemont investment firm, co-founded by Hunter Biden, uh, so he gets, you know, that money goes through his investment firm. Um, but a report states that this company, that, that the Rosemont investment firm, served as a pass-through for the woman's investments in a Chinese-based startup in Buffalo. So, she didn't give him $3.5 million. She gave the investment firm. Again, I mean, it's, it's no different than when Trump accepted money from Russians to build hotels. Because he, a, lot of, a lot of Trump's money comes from Russian banks. They've admitted that numerous times. It's no different. But, you know, uh, I can't. Um, so things got a little bit out of hand, and uh, this happened. You get the final word, man. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Truth. And as things continue to spiral out of control, this happened. Gentlemen, is... <laughs> I hate to raise my voice, but it seems to be, why should I be different than the two of you? Yes, but then Wallace was, you know, grew a spying. We have six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two uninterrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. (laughs) I think that the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting than he has. that's all right, but he does plenty. Well, less than, (laughs) sir, less than. plenty. No, less than you have. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like scolding a child. You shouldn't do that. Well, he does it too, but I'm telling you not to do it. Well, maybe I'm telling him not to do it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, so speaking of race, President Trump, you have two minutes. Why should Americans trust you over your opponent to deal with race? You did a crime bill, 1994, where you call them super predators, African Americans, super predators, and they. So. I, I'm just not even going to let him finish that bullshit because he talks about how African-Americans have never forgotten how Biden called them super predators. That is 100%. You know what? I'm just going to... It's 100,000% false. Biden has never, ever, ever called the African-American community super predators. What actually happened was back in... Uh, gosh. Uh, Hillary Clinton 
1996 during a speech at New Hampshire's Keene State College used the phrase super predators, referring to uh, gangs of not just of they're, they're not just gangs of kids anymore. They are often the kind of kids that are called super predators. No conscience, no empathy. We can talk about why they ended up that way, but first we have to bring them to heal. So, I don't know why they keep toting about... Biden has never said that. Hillary Clinton said that. And she even she even has been asked about it and said that she should not have said that. She regrets saying that. She does. Or at least she says she does. She may not. She probably does. So just douchebaggery. All right. So, uh, oh, law enforcement. Here we go. Law enforcement, almost every law enforcement group in the United States. I have Florida. I have Texas. I have Ohio. I have every, excuse me, Portland. The sheriff just came out today and he said, I support President Trump. I don't think you have any law enforcement. You can't even say the word law enforcement because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. <laughs> So this is, I think, I think this is the point where Trump really just flew off the fucking rails. He essentially says that, like, where, where, where do you come off? So he's gonna Biden's gonna lose all of his left, far left supporters. Like, where are they gonna go? What are they? Does he honestly believe that they just will? Like, oh, okay, well, if Biden says it, they're gonna come vote for me anyway. What? Is he really that delusional? Of course he's that delusional. But let's talk about the hundred and seventy-five. Former, uh, uh, let's see, uh, current and former law enforcement officials, former U.S. attorney generals, current and former state AGs, former and current county sheriffs, county attorneys, and district attorneys that have all pledged to support Joe Biden. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does have the support of law enforcement agencies. Also, <laughs> Trump's comment about the Portland sheriff. Oh, my God. This was amazing. So during the presidential debate, uh, you had just heard President Trump say that, the, the that you know, Portland sheriff supports him. Uh, well, as soon as he said that, the Portland sheriff tweeted this. In tonight's presidential debate, the president said the Portland sheriff supports him. As the Multnomah County Sheriff, I have never supported Donald Trump, and I will never support him. So the Multnomah County... I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, but that is uh, Portland. Multnomah County. That's Portland. And he's the Portland uh, Sheriff. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, I don't really know what the hell, because I just... Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Trump. Like, the fact that you would just... I guess I guess he thought if he said it, th that, you know, the Portland Sheriff would just be like, yeah, no, okay, I'm all right with that. Um, Yeah, it's just not a fucking tool. Like, he just thought he would just throw that out there, BT-dub. Um, so, all right, so uh, here's some talk of police accountability. Vice President Biden, after the grand jury in the Breonna Taylor case, decided not to charge any of the police... With homicide, you said it raises the question, quote, whether justice could be equally applied in America. Do you believe that there is a separate but unequal system of justice for blacks in this country? Yes, there is a systemic injustice in this country, in education, in work, and in 
in, in law enforcement and, and, the, and the way in which it's enforced. But look, the vast majority of police officers are good, decent, honorable men and women. They risk their lives every day to take care of us. But there are some bad apples. And when they occur, when they find them, they have to be sorted out. They have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable. And what I'm going to do as President of the United States is call a, a, together an entire group of people at the White House, well, everything from the civil rights groups to the police officers, the police chiefs, and we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out so we change the way in which we have more transparency in when these things happen. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to, to, to George Floyd. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to Breonna Taylor. Most don't like it. But we have to have a system where people are held accountable. When, and by the way, violence in response is never appropriate. Never appropriate. Did you hear that last part there? Violence in response is never appropriate. So, and Biden has continued to say that over and over and over and over and over again. It's, it's something that, that he's said multiple times. But the Republican Party continues to ignore that he keeps saying that. And they continue to tell him and the people that if he you know, could could because he won't he won't denounce the, the protests that are going on when he has. He just did. So. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's let, let's get this one this month. Your administration uh, directed federal agencies to end racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege or critical race theory. Why did you decide to do that, to end racial sensitivity training? And do you believe that there is systemic racism in this country, sir? I ended it because it's racist. I ended it because a lot of people were complaining that they were asked to do things that were absolutely insane, that it was a radical a revolution that was taking place in our military, uh, in our schools, all over the place, and you know it, and so does what, everybody what, what else. Radical, and he would know. What is oh, radical it's totally about racist. racial sensitivity training? Sir. If you were a certain person, you had no status in life. It was sort of a reversal. And if you look at the people, we were paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach very bad ideas and, frankly, very sick ideas. And, and really, they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that to happen. We have to go back to the core values of this country. They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place, it's a racist place, and they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm no not going to allow that to happen. So, what they were teaching was that there is systemic racism. Because there is. And that there are people in this country who are racist. And these kind of things need to be taught. And they need to be said. This is just my opinion. You know, I'm, I'm a white guy. But I grew up, not necessarily in the projects, but I grew up in an area that was vastly diverse. Vastly diverse. And I went to school with a lot of immigrants, a lot of African Americans, and a lot of white people. But I can tell you that there was racism going on in the school. And not just because of gang violence or because somebody wanted to be racist. 
it happened. I didn't really think anything of it at the time. It didn't it didn't have any sort of impact on me, and I didn't really see it until I got out into the real world. And then I saw it, because I saw it every day. And I feel like that what the di- what the president did eliminating these things is more of his attempt to shy away from the fact that systemic racism happens and that there are racist people and that those people need to stop. Now, I'm not for the whole 1619 theory uh, that's floating around that somebody has the idea that we need to be teaching our kids that the country actually started back in 1619 when uh, African Americans first came here. Uh, that I feel like it's a little silly. I don't know a lot about it. I have done a little bit of research, but I don't feel like our country started back in 1619 when the African Americans first came here. That's, uh, what? No. <laughs> like, our country was founded in 1776 because that's when our Declaration of Independence was signed. Until then, we were a colony for the British government, for the British archy, hierarchy, whatever. It's a little bit late. So, yeah, that's, you know, um... So let's see. How about some law and order? This is that ridiculous. the Democrats that Absolutely run these cities ridiculous. don't want to talk like you about law and order. Violent you crime. You still haven't mentioned. Violent Are crime. you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow. Are you in favor of law and order? Come yes, on. If you ask a question, let him finish. Law and order. Law and order. Let him. Law and order with justice, where people get treated fairly. And the fact of the matter is, violent crime went down 17 percent, 15 percent in our administration. It's gone up on his watch. Went down much more. He has, all right, we're, we're not, you're, president Mr. President, you're going to, Mr. President, every record in the Mr. Book. President, you're going to be very happy because we're not going to talk about law and order. We had trouble. Okay, so first of all, uh, it is true that violent crimes per 100,000 people declined 15.7% during the Obama years, even taking into consideration the 6.5 jump in their final two years. Uh, that was probably the point Biden was trying to make, but the same FBI figures contradicts Biden's claim that there was less violence then than today. Uh, annual figures actually show that last year's violent crime weight was 5.1% lower than in 2016. Furthermore, the decline seems to have continued in the first half of 2020, according to the preliminary semi-annual FBI figures, despite an alarming 14.8% increase in the number of homicides compared with the same six months in 2019. So, you know. Um, you know, it it's something that I've been saying for a while and how um, people tend to use uh, old numbers to make a point. And this is something that's done on both sides. They use old numbers to try and make a point. And uh, it's tiresome. It really is. So let's see. Let's talk about protests. To another subject, which is the issue of protests in many cities that have turned violent. In Portland, Oregon especially, we had more than 100 straight days of protests 
which I think you would agree, you talk about peaceful protests, many of those turned into riots. Mr. Vice President, you say that people who commit crimes should be held accountable. The question I have, though, is as the Democratic nominee, and earlier tonight you said that you are the Democratic Party right now, have you ever called the Democratic mayor of Portland or the Democratic governor of Oregon and said, hey, you've got to stop this, bring in the National Guard, do whatever it takes, but you stop the days and months of violence in Portland? I don't hold public office now. I am a former vice president. I've made it clear, I've made it clear in my public statements that the violence should be prosecuted. It should be prosecuted, and anyone who commits it But you've never called for the people, the, the leader, excuse me, sir, you have never called for the leaders in Portland and in Oregon to call because and bring in the National Guard and knock well, off a hundred days of riots. They can, in fact, take care of it if he just stay out of the way. Oh, Look here. Oh, really? Here, oh, really? Here's but the thing. I sent sorry, in the no, U.S. Marshals to get the killer no, of a young man in the middle of the street, and they shot him. No, and for three Mr. days, President Trump, Trump, Portland President Trump, wouldn't do anything. I had to send in the U.S. Marshals. They Trump, took care of business. Go ahead, and, sir. And by the way, you know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is all about. I don't know who said that. I do. Who? I think who? It, Kellyanne Conway. I don't think she said that. She said She that. did. And so here's the, all right. but here's the point. The point is that that's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to calm things down. Instead of going in and talking to people and saying, let's get everybody together, figure out how to deal with this. What's he do? He just pours gasoline in the fire constantly and every single solitary okay, time. Okay, and, and to end this, button up this segment, I'm going to give you a minute to answer, sir. You have repeatedly well, criticized... Wait, I have to answer his statement. No, I, you have his repeatedly... Statement. You have wait, repeat, no, you've been talking you back and forth. You made a statement. I'm asking you... I would love to end it. I would love to end it. You know, if you want to switch seats... We, we could very quickly. We can do that, but I'm saying no, the National Guard it would be over. There'd be no problem. Okay, but they don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly we, criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not? add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do that? Wait for it. it. Well, I, would say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right wing. So what are you, what are you, you, look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. And right like me to white supremacists and right boys. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem, his this is a left-wing, this is a left-wing white supremacist, Antifa's an idea, not an organization, oh, you got it, not militia, that's what okay. his an idea. FBI his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, we're then gonna, you know what? No, 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 we're, done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody Antifa in your administration tells you the truth is a, has a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea. Antifa is a dangerous All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, I'm going to ask a question. So let me rewind for a second. Proud Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Proud boys, stand back and stand by.
Stand back and stand by. That's not condoning what they're doing. Now, to be fair, the following day at a press conference, after the White House spin doctors advised him that the best thing he could do is give a what I was actually referring to phrase, is he wants the Proud Boys and the militia that are not militia to stand down and allow law enforcement to do their job. That's what he says. I don't believe he cares one way or the other. I honestly don't. I don't feel I feel like if he wants the Proud Boys and the in these supposed militias out there running around, he couldn't care less. He'd probably say let him have at it if you asked him about it. He really would. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, okay. Uh, here's, so here's some, uh, let's see. All right, so let's talk about why should people vote for you? Uh, strap yourselves in and grab your butts. Why should voters elect you president over your opponent in this segment? President Trump, you go first. Two minutes. Because there has never been an administration or president who has done more than I've done in a period of three and a half years. And that's despite the impeachment hoax. And you saw what happened today with Hillary Clinton, where it was a whole big uh. con job. But despite going through all of these things where I had to fight both flanks and behind me and above, there has never been an administration that's done what I've done. The greatest before COVID came in, the greatest economy in history, lowest unemployment False. numbers. Everything was good. Everything was going. False. And by the way, there was unity going to happen. False. People were calling me for the first time in years. They were calling and they were saying, it's time maybe. Who was and calling? Then what happened? We got hit, but now we're building it back up calling? again. A rebuilding of the military, including Space Force and all of the other False. things. A, a fixing of the the VA, which was a mess under him. 308,000 people died because they didn't have proper health care. He, he was oh, a no. mess. And we now got a 91% approval rating at the VA, our vets. We take care of our vets. But we've rebuilt our military. The job that we've done, and, and I'll tell you something. Some the people VA has say been maybe the most decades. important. By the end of the first term, I'll have approximately 300 federal judges and court of appeals judges. 300. Wrong. And hopefully three great Supreme Court judges, justices. That is a record the likes no, of it's which not. very few people. And you know one of the reasons I'll have so many judges? Because President Obama and him left me 128 judges to fill. When you leave office, you don't leave any judges. That's like you just don't do that. They left 128 openings. And if I were a member of his party because they have a little different philosophy, I'd say if you left us 128 openings, you can't be a good president, you can't be a good vice president, but I want to thank you because it gives us almost, it'll probably be above that number by the end of this term, I'm sorry. 300 judges, it's a record. Looking at both your records, why should voters elect you president as opposed to President Under Trump? You have two minutes uninterrupted. Under this president, we become weaker, sicker, poorer, more divided, and more violent. When I was vice president, we inherited a recession. I was asked to fix it. I did. We left him a booming economy, and he caused a recession. With regard to being weaker, the fact is that I've gone head-to-head -head with Putin 
and made it clear to him we're not going to take any of his stuff. He's Putin's puppy. He still refuses to even say anything to Putin about the bounty on the heads of American soldiers. Your son got and, no, no, no. million dollars. Okay. And by the way, Mr. President, son, wait a minute. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it, and... Why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule? Just tell him to shut the fuck up. No, 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 I'm not asking. That was a rhetorical question. Can you add back 30 seconds? Yes, you may have. All right. Go ahead. So, thirdly, we're poor. The billionaires have gotten much much more wealthy. False. By a tune of over three to $400 billion more just since COVID. You and the home, you got less. You're in more trouble than you were before. Truth. In terms of being more violent, when we were in office, there were 15% less violence in America than there is today. False. He's president of the United States. It's on his watch. And with regard to more divided, the nation can't stay divided. We can't be this way. True. And speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, Here we go. the way you talk about them being losers and, being, and, 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 and just being suckers, my son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot. And the people left behind okay. there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about hell. Hunter? Are you talking about I'm Hunter? talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking about I don't know. Him. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know, got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. It wasn't cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. Generally. My son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens son. of millions right. of dollars? But he wasn't given right. tens of millions of dollars. That is totally discredited. We've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, yes. as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. Gets three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor of Moscow. Let's talk about that. Gentlemen, that report is totally discredited. I, I, Mitt Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' that, money, that report. It was written for political reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. So, first off, let me start by saying this supposed record that Trump is going to set with 300 appointed judges currently only has 218 judges appointed. Barack Obama appointed 329, George W. Bush 327, Bill Clinton 378, and the current record holder 383 by Ronald Reagan. So I don't know where he's getting that he's setting some kind of fucking record because the last four presidents... I'm sorry, the last three presidents have done better than he has. So I don't know where he's getting this. The, the, <laughs> you know, he's, oh, God, everything's a record with this guy. He takes ten steps in the morning and goes, oh, my God, it's a fucking record. Nobody's ever taken that many steps this early in the morning. What the fuck? <laughs> fucking moron. Also, the whole thing about, uh, so 
Trump talking about, oh, you know, your son was dishonorably discharged. My son was not dishonorably discharged. Are we talking about Hunter? Yeah, no, we're talking about Bo. No, I don't know Bo. He knows Bo. He knows Bo Biden. Trust me. But he didn't know Bo Biden because he was about to get shut down. So actually, he's talking about Hunter Biden getting dishonorably discharged from the military. It's not true. He was discharged, but it was not a dishonorable discharge. It's on his service record. It's public information, and you can go look it up. It's He was not dishonorably discharged. And yes, he did have a drug problem after the fact. But yeah, he's been to rehab, and he's gotten himself cleaned up. I mean, fuck, his, his sons do... I guarantee you his son's sit up at night, you know, having contests to see who can sniff the most lines in under 30 seconds. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about, you know, son's having drug problems. But uh, let's talk about climate change. Vice President Biden, I'd like you to, to respond to the president's climate change record. But I also want to ask you about a concern. You proposed $2 trillion in green jobs. You talk about new limits, not abolishing, but new limits on fracking, ending the use of fossil fuels to generate electricity by 2035, and zero net emission of greenhouse gases by 2050. The president says a lot of these things would tank the economy and cost millions of jobs. He's absolutely wrong, number one. Number two, if in fact, when, when our, during our administration, the Recovery Act, I was able to, I was in charge, able to bring down the cost of renewable energy to cheaper than or as cheap as coal and gas and oil. Nobody's going to build another uh, uh, coal-fired plant in America. No one's going to build another oil-fired plant in America. They're going to move to renewable energy, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that we are able to take the federal fleet and turn it into a fleet that's run on their electric vehicles, making sure that we can do that. We're going to put 500,000 charging stations and all of the highways that we're going to be building in the future. We're going to build an economy that, in fact, is going to provide for the ability us to take four million buildings and make sure that they, in fact, are weatherized in a way that, in fact, will, they'll, they'll emit significantly less gas and oil because the heat will not be going out. There's so many things that we can do now to create thousands and thousands of jobs. We can get to net zero in terms of energy production by 2035, not only not costing people jobs, creating jobs, creating millions of good paying jobs, not 15 bucks an hour, but prevailing wage by having a new infrastructure that in fact is green. And the first thing I will do, I will rejoin the Paris Accord. I will join the Paris Accord because with us out of it, look what's happening. It's all falling apart. And talk about someone who has no no relationship to, with foreign policy. Brazil, the rainforests of Brazil are being torn down, are being ripped down. More, more carbon is absorbed in that rainforest than every bit of carbon that's emitted in the United States. Instead of doing something about that, I would be gathering up and making sure we had the, com the countries of the world coming up with $20 billion and say, here's $20 billion, stop, stop tearing down the forest. And if you don't, then you're going to have significant economic consequences. What about, consequences. What about the argument that President Trump basically says that you have to balance environmental interests and economic interests, and he's drawn his line? Well, he hadn't drawn a line. He still, for example, makes sure that we, he wants to make sure that methane's not a problem. We can, you, you can now emit more methane without it being a problem. Methane. This is a guy who says that you don't have to have mileage standards for automobiles that exist now. This is a guy who says that, 
Well, the fact is, it, it, it's all true. And here's You're the talking deal. about the Green it, New Deal, and it's not two billion I'm, or twenty billion, as you said. I'm it's one hundred trillion dollars. I'm talking about where they the want to rip down buildings and rebuild the building. No, it's the dumbest, not, most ridiculous. Not, where airplanes are out of business, where two-car systems are out, where they want true. to take out the cows too. Not you know that's true. not true either, right? Not this true. is a this is a one hundred trillion. That's more money than our country could make in a hundred years if we're not quite the case. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me, because, our, because I actually, wait a minute, sir, I actually <laughs> have studied your plan, and it includes upgrading four million buildings, weatherizing yes. two million homes over four years, building one and a half million energy efficient homes. So the question becomes, some, the president is saying, I think some people who support the president would say that sounds like it's going to cost a lot of money and hurt the economy. What it's going to do is going to create thousands and millions of jobs, good-paying jobs. But let him finish, sir. He doesn't know how to do that. They, the fact is it's going to create millions of good-paying jobs and these tax incentives to people for people to weatherize, which he wants to get, get rid of. It's going to make the economy much safer. Look how much we're paying now to deal with the hurricanes. With the deal with, By the way, he has an answer for hurricanes. He said maybe we should drop a nuclear weapon on them. They may, I never said that that's at all. He did you say made it, it up. Uh, and here's the deal. You make up a we, we are going to be in a position where we can create hard, hard, good jobs by making sure the environment is clean and we all are in better shape. We spend billions of dollars now, billions of dollars on floods, hurricanes, rising seas. We're in real trouble. Look what's happened just in the Midwest with these storms that come through and wipe out entire sections and counties in Iowa. They didn't happen before. They're because of global warming. We make up 15% of the world's problem. We, in fact, but the, the rest of the world, we've got to get them to come along. That's why we have to get back into, back into the Paris Accord. All right, gentlemen. Wait, wait a minute, Chris. So why didn't he do it for 47 years? You were vice president. Why didn't you get the world? China sends up real dirt into the air. Russia does, India does, they all do. We're supposed to be good. And by the way, he made a couple of statements. The Green New Deal is a hundred trillion dollars. That is not, not my plan. That's the Green uh, well, New you Deal. Well, want to rebuild every building. Want to rebuild every building? If he knew anything about, if he knew anything about, he made a statement about the military. He said, "I said something about the military." He and his friends made it up, and then they went with it. I never said it. Okay. That is what not he true. did. Sir, he you're said, this segment. He called Mr. the military Mr. Vice stupid bastards. I did not say it. Wow. So first off, let me start off with this whole Green New Deal thing. The Green New Deal thing, uh, it's estimated that the plan could cost between 51 and $93 trillion over 10 years. So his, him and his $100 trillion thing. Um, the... Oh, <laughs> this, this, this... Biden has never supported the Green New Deal. Never. Um, and yes, uh, all of these upgrades and all of these new buildings that he wants to build and the uh, energy efficiency that needs to happen in this country will create thousands of jobs. When we started building windmills, it created hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of new jobs because people had to be able to maintain those windmills, build them, maintain them, manufacture them. So... 
and I still see those things come through here. I, you know, I, I, I live in a, a city that's right at a port, a major port in the country. And I still see those things come through every, you know, every so often up the, up the highway. It's super annoying because they have to shut down the highway when they do it. Because they're huge. But at the same time, companies had to manufacture those. Companies has to transport those. The company has to build them. And then the company has to maintain them. And it's not just, it's a lot of the time it's not companies that already exist. And even if it are companies that already exist, they have to hire people to do that. They have to train them. And yes, they're paid very well. I'd want somebody to pay me a six-figure salary to climb up one of those freaking things. I don't care what the hell I'm attached to. But it's going to create jobs. It's going to. It's going to create jobs. Um, Also, uh, Trump's comment about Joe Biden calling the military stupid bastards. Um, I have watched that video, and he was obviously saying it to try to lighten the mood in the room because there was a lot of stone-faced people in the room and Biden was trying to be very jokey. I get jokey. He was trying to lighten the mood. Um, but he made a joke. Nobody laughed. Nobody nobody clapped. It was a flat joke. Nobody got it. Um, but he introduced uh, the, the commandant of the academy that he was talking at and uh, he said, oh, you clap for that, you stupid bastards. He didn't, whatever, you know, I just, whatever, uh, let's see, all right, so let's, let, let's go ahead and talk about voting, because it's, we have to talk about it. Final segment, election integrity, as we meet tonight, millions of Americans are receiving mail-in ballots or going to vote early, how confident should we be that this will be a fair election? And what are you prepared to do over the next five plus weeks? Because it'll not only be to election day, but also counting some ballots, mail-in ballots after election day. What are you prepared to do to reassure the American people that the next president will be the legitimate winner of this election? In this final segment, Mr. Vice President, you go first. Prepared to let people vote. They should go to IWillVote.com decide how they're going to vote, when they're going to vote, and what means by which they're going to vote. His own Homeland Security Director, as well as the FBI Director, says there is no evidence at all that mail-in ballots are a source of, of being manipulated and cheating. They said that. The fact is that there are going to be millions of people because of COVID that are going to be voting by mail-in ballots, like he does, by the way. He sits behind the Resolute desk and sends his ballot to Florida, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that those people who want to vote in person are able to vote because enough poll watchers are there to make sure they can socially distance. The polls are open on time, and the polls stay open until the votes are counted. And this is all about trying to dissuade people from voting because he's trying to to scare people into thinking that it's not going to be legitimate. Show up and vote. You will determine the outcome of this election. Vote, vote, vote. If you're able to vote early in your state, vote early. If you're able to vote in person, vote in person. Vote whatever way is the best way for you, because you will. He cannot stop you from being able to determine the outcome of this election. And in terms of whether or not when the votes are counted and they're all counted, that will be accepted. If I win, that will be accepted. If I lose, that will be accepted. But by the way, if in fact he says he's not sure what he's going to accept, well, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter, because if we get the votes, 
it's going to be all over. He's going to go. He can't stay in power. It won't happen. It won't happen. So vote. Just make sure you understand you have it in your control to determine what this country is going to look like the next four years. Is it going to change or you get four more years of these lies? Yeah. So, you know, he's just, Biden really wanted to make the statement to get out and vote. Make sure you vote. Whether you're voting by mail, whether you're voting in person, make sure you vote. And yes, Donald Trump has repeatedly, and his whole campaign has done repeatedly, that these mail-in ballots are going to be fraught with fraud. However, the few isolated incidents that keep popping up in the news does not give proof of widespread voter fraud. And this is Trump on voting. Mr. President, two minutes. So when I listen to Joe talking about a transition, uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense and President nope. Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it, too. So don't tell nope. me about a free transition. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. No. Nope. A solicited ballot, okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting. You're asking. They send it back. You send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. No. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. They found some with the name Trump. Just happened to have the name Trump just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. They sent two in a Democrat area. They sent out a 1,000 ballots. Everybody got two ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But no, you they're know not. What? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing 2%, 1%, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40%. It's a fraud and it's a shame. And can you imagine where they say, uh, you have to have your ballot in by November 10th. November 10th. That means that's seven days after the election, in theory, should have been announced. Okay. We have you major states with that. Uh, sir, All run by Democrats. Two minutes, two minutes. Oh, man. So fraud. This whole election is going to be fraud. He's saying it straight up. And he's going to challenge the election results. During their closing remarks, uh, they each make the statement that they will adhere to the election results. Um, but I guarantee you Trump will not. He won't. He's not going to believe it. Um, the statement that, the, you know, they found stuff in uh, a creek. Uh, law enforcement officials in Wisconsin reported that three trays of mail were found September 21st along the side of a road in a ditch next to a highway in Greenville. Officials said that the batch of mail included several absentee ballots through a Postal Service spokesperson would not comment on whether those were completed ballots or blank ones being sent to voters. So, he has no idea. 
the mail-in ballots that were found in a waste paper bin, uh, those were ballots that were never even mailed, and they were not opened. So, um, I don't know how they said Trump on them, but it's not as if they were found in uh, a post office, or they were found in a, you know, a, a, a counting center. So I don't know where he got that idea from. It's it's absolutely, you know, there's 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 no evidence for large scale voting fraud. None. The the amount of large scale voting fraud that you're talking about, you're talking about a hundred and six over a hundred and sixty eight million registered voters. You'd have to tens of millions of ballots would have to be screwed up. And by the way, when he's talking about those thousand ballots that were sent out and duplicated, it was 500 and they were, they were duplicated and discovered before they even went out the door. On top of that, what they don't tell you is that it's a duplicate ballot, meaning it has the exact same information on both ballots, i.e. also the barcode that gets printed on them. And without that barcode, nothing gets processed. If the machine scans that barcode twice, it will invalidate one of those. It will, because that's the way they work. So I wanted to um, finish this off real quick, because um, it's already been over an hour and a half. <laughs> Did not anticipate it being uh, taking this long. Uh, but during closing remarks, uh, Trump made some comments about bad things in Philadelphia. And what he was talking about was uh, poll watchers that were not supposed to be at the ballot drop-off locations. So what had happened the day the, the day marked the first day that the city opened a satellite election offices where residents can register to vote or request a request and return mail-in ballots. At least one woman who reportedly claimed to be a poll watcher for the Trump campaign was barred from entering the satellite office in an elementary school. But the Trump campaign doesn't have any approval poll watchers in the city. Election officials told the Philadelphia Inquirer that the satellite offices in operation are not the same as Election Day polling locations, so poll watchers don't have the same privileges. And this is actually true in the majority of states. Here recently in the state of Texas, our corrupt Governor gave uh, poll watchers permission to go to the um, mail-in drop-off locations uh, because there's now only one in every county. Thank you for that, uh, Greg Abbott and ten, uh, Ken Paxton, uh, for those corrupt voter suppression rules that you had uh, no legal right to impose as the election begins. Um, but yeah, poll watchers cannot go to drop-off locations. Poll watchers are only allowed to be around on election day. They're not even allowed to be there during in most states for early voting. Uh, but I guarantee you, there are going to be a lot of uh, Republican-run states where that is going to change uh, because you know corruption. So, um, yeah, uh, there was a quote. Um, Scroll down here. 
find this. Uh, here we go. Uh, so Nick Castillo, uh, a Philadelphia deputy commissioner, said in a statement to NBC News that the satellite offices are not polling places. Poll watcher certificates have not been issued for any individuals for anything other than poll watching activities on Election Day at polling places. Individuals who are not seeking to receive services from a satellite office are not permitted to be there for other purposes. This is particularly important in the current environment as city buildings and offices remained closed to the public during COVID-19. So, yeah. Um, so this is just the first of these is about to happen. And uh, I'm not going to get into too much except to tell you all to get out there and make sure that you request your ballot. If you're going to do a mail-in ballot, if you want to vote in person, make sure you vote in person. Vote early. Okay, vote early if you can. Don't wait until the election day. Many of you have already made up your minds. Don't think that you haven't, because you have. You know in your heart of hearts who you're going to vote for. And whoever you vote for, that's on you. Okay, whether you vote for Trump, whether you vote for Biden, that's on you. Whether you do a write-in vote for Mickey Mouse, it's on you. Okay. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Until next time.